Buckle up, because Metro is bringing you the best deal in wireless. Switch to Metro and get your choice of two awesome free phones from top brands like Samsung and LG with huge HD screens and tons of memory for all your pics and videos. So hurry into Metro and get your awesome free phones only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires port and of eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Limit four per account or household. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to Midwest Mind Mail with your hosts, Josh and Jason. Hey everybody, welcome back to Midwest Mind Melt. I'm Jason. I'm Josh. And, well, we're going to get right into it this time. I don't know about you, man, but uh, I've been watching some news lately. My mother-in-law, she loves to watch CNN. And I swear, man, every time I'm watching it with her, it always just sounds like the sky's falling. Have you been catching any news lately? Josh, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, man. I don't really watch the news. Um, I really lost interest in watching the news a long time ago. Um, I feel like a lot of the things that were being shown aren't necessarily what's actually happening. I, I don't have a very big opinion of the media. Um, when I got back from the Virgin Islands in 2017, I did a, uh, I did an interview with, uh, News 6 out of Lincoln about the, uh, the, mo- the mobilization down there. And I, st- I did the interview. I think the interview was 30 minutes long. And my segment on TV was legitimately like 10 seconds of what I said. And so after that, I kind of got to the point where I just, I, I'm like, man, they can ed- they edit it out so fast that if there's something they don't want you to hear, then you're not going to hear it. So to be honest with you, man, like, I don't really watch the news anymore. Everything I catch, I catch on, like, social media or through um, newspaper articles because I got, like, I'll follow the Fremont Tribune on Facebook. And so, like, if there's an article that catches my eye that they post, I will read it, obviously. That's the town I live in. I'm going to read it. Same with uh, the Journal Star. Yeah. Um, out of Lincoln. And so... But, and, and that was another reason, my dad's a big Fox News person, man, and uh, it was kind of like when we went down there to visit them, we, uh, that's all he, that's all he had on, and I kind of, I kind of got annoyed by it, because it's like, it's always the same stuff, and yeah, you're right, it's, it's always, somebody's making it sound like the, like the sky's falling, and I just, I, I can't do it, you know? Well, man, honestly, dude, I can't blame you for not wanting to watch uh, news, and with people our age, and even people older than us... They really don't have any interest in watching, uh, you know, televised mass media because everybody knows it's kind of bullshit. I I haven't met too many people who have really bought into what an anchor on Fox News or an anchor on MSNBC had to say. There's a few people and, you know, they're just idiots, but I haven't really met. Nobody comes to mind, but that's uh, I I just find that interesting. So I'm going to guess that you get most of your news from Facebook. I, I would say probably a good portion of it comes from social media, yes. And I think that's a very common thing, especially with people our age. I, I just find that interesting. I mean, probably the people I know that watch CNN the most, like I said, my mother-in-law. So I'd probably say, like, inmates and old people. I don't know. But I, I guess I just want to watch it because it. I, I like catching clips of it. Just because I, I feel like I'm, I'm almost watching a really bad play play out. <laughs> it, I mean, it really just seems like it. the the anchors they really add, they, you can tell they're reading off a script. Mm-hmm. You can tell they're not doing like what we're doing here. What we're doing here, we are unscripted. We we are just you know we're trying to talk you know in a normal conversation. That these people are not doing that. And I think people can see the phoniness and the bullshit in it. Well, realistically, I mean they're they're getting told what to say. And uh, I I don't think I could ever be a news anchor or a reporter because I would have like sir like several moral issues with not being able to tell people exactly what's happening. 
I'm one of those people, I, I like to get everything out on the table, regardless of the situation. And I feel like news anchors and um, reporters don't get that opportunity. And I actually, uh, one of the one of the females that went down to the Virgin Islands with us actually is um, a reporter for News 6, i.e. the interview. But, um, and, and she, it was funny because we were talking about it and, and she goes, yeah, she goes, our weather, we get it from the Weather Channel app, just like you guys, which tells me that they don't know any more about anything than we do at this point. You know, they do get these headlines of like, oh, this happened, oh, that happened, yeah, that's great, but I, I don't think that, that what they're telling us is stuff that we can't find elsewhere. And I know that there's a lot of people that'll like, uh, fact check the news reports and, you know, that goes back to like, like the mass shootings and what was reported as compared to what actual people saw when they were there. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, there's so much sketchiness that goes on with the, with, uh, with mass media now. It's, it's hard to believe 90% of what they're telling us. Right. And just to expand on that, I have heard reporters and journalists they almost talk like how you would like expect like a very cocky veteran to talk almost like like they're doing humanity a service like like they're just as good as a veteran because they are reporting to me news you know they're giving me information that I would otherwise not have any access to and so I kind of should be thankful for that and I just I, I can't I can't agree with that. I just don't think that they're honestly doing a real service to humanity. Like you said, they are being told what to say. So the people that end up making it in these fields, in mass media, I mean, these are people that agree with the narrative and are going along with it, or they at least pretend like they do, mm. which is just as bad if you're going to put aside all of your morals just to make money. And I think a lot of that actually began, if you go back to uh, World War One, World War Two when the idea of propaganda started and so they were feeding these thoughts and um or these uh they were trying to get people to think a certain way you know by reporting certain things and i feel like that's where this has gotten way out of hand because even today we still do that um you know 9-11 was a huge port you know there, there's a lot of reasons you know a lot of people will tell you well 9-11 you know the terrorists and stuff i'm like yeah but we needed something to really you know fuel the the american people to come together and 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 solve this issue and so when when you look at it what was really going on over there may not have actually been what was going on but the news media made it sound like we were going over there and we were doing what we had to do to get back at the people that hurt us and maybe 75 percent of that's correct but they're not telling you everything that happens you know i i don't know i just Again, man, it's just too too crazy to think that everything that they tell us is 100% truth. Well, and uh, you said 9-11. I mean, 9-11 was probably one of the major incidents that made people lose faith in uh, the media, probably in, in, in our lifetime anyway, uh, because there was a lot more that was going on that day than what was initially reported. And they, a lot of people who were actually in New York were complaining that the news channel was just focusing on a lot of variables that didn't really seem to make a big difference. Like, why was nobody talking about Tower 7 falling down? You know, that came out later. Mm -hmm. And so either there's a narrative that they're trying to follow or it was very sloppy reporting, and because of that sloppy reporting, it opened up the door to a wide range of conspiracy theories and a distrust in our own government and our media. So, either way, it doesn't look good. No, and um, social media hasn't helped that at all. It's actually probably fueled the fire even more, because now you have fake news outlets reporting certain things. And there's, like, a lot of times I'll see, a, like, I'll see an article on Facebook or Instagram, 
and I'm like, oh man. So I, I, the, and I don't even think about it, but first thing I do, I go to Google and I fact check it to see it, you know, oh, this person died at the age of whatever. And it's like, oh, that, that's a hoax. So I was like, I was like, you know, people, people will do anything they can if they can get somebody to believe it. And the thing is, is as, as, as a generation, we're starting to fall into that, um, that pattern where we're going to start believing everything that we hear, which is exactly how Hitler was able to accomplish what he accomplished. He wasn't, I mean, he, he was, he was a smart man, but he was more fluid in the way he spoke to people and how he addressed people. And that's why people followed him because they, he was able to gain people's trust just by using the words that he knew. And it's crazy to think that we so easily believe everything that we read online or everything we see and YouTube's even becoming uh, one of those places like I try to stay off of anymore unless I'm looking for, you know, a tutorial on how to tie a fishing knot or something. But um, it's just come to that point where it's like you can't really uh, you can't really trust what you what you're seeing, even even if it's just if I was to put a video out there like you can't trust everything that I'm going to say, you know, if it's if it's talking about a specific subject or, you know, we're doing like like some kind of report. And that's kind of where that comes into play. But it's it, it's not going to look good in the near future when we start looking at um, uh, people starting to follow, as, as they call them, be the sheeps, you know, being 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 a sheep because they, they believe everything that they read on Facebook. I, I, I don't know how many times when I was uh, an assistant store manager, I worked with a lot of high school kids. and They're like, man, do you see this thing on Facebook? This thing happened. I was like, I was like, probably shouldn't read everything you be- or believe everything you read on Facebook. I'm like, I would probably do some some more like additional research into that just to make sure that what you're what you're saying is accurate because that's how one on another subject that's how rumors get started and that's how things like that ruin people's lives because one person reads something that somebody else put who may have heard that from somebody else and may have messed up the context and now we got somebody who can't do something with their life because everything that they that uh that was said about them, everybody believes it now because it's been passed around so many times. And that's where social media has really kind of failed us as a, as a, as a generation. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say you're wrong. Now, um, the, the part that I would say or that I would disagree with is that um, social media has definitely been a downfall for many businesses and a lot of individuals because of false information that was passed around. But also, what gives me hope with social media is it has also exposed a lot of media. I mean, by definition, we we are not mass media because we don't have an audience, you know, at least a large audience yet. But we we are, you know, participating in media right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're part of the problem anyway because um, we're not we're not part of mass media. We're not part of the, the mass hysteria. That's or whatever, you know, the the mass disinformation. Yeah. But, but so social media has kind of been a double-edged sword. It's kind of been, and uh, it, it's been a great tool for people like us to share information with people who think just like us, maybe in Boston somewhere, mm-hmm. or maybe in Florida, there's people that think just like us. Um, so well, I, it's it's also worked to bring people together as well. I, I know I'm I'm a, I'm a part of several uh, board game pages with people from all over the world. Some of these pages have you know twenty, thirty thousand people from all over the world and it's cool to, to collab with these people and talk to them and, and talk about something that you all share that you all have in common and it's great and uh, the ability to like I remember when eBay first started it was such a huge thing eBay was was you know the the uh, huge step in the technological world of being able to sell things not just to the person down the street but to anybody and now with social media Facebook being able you know there's several uh, garage 
sale pages, you know, mm-hmm. and there's like cards, cars for sale, you know, uh, boys, uh, boys stuff or whatever, you know, and so it's it's really brought the 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 world together as an individual. So yeah, you're right. Um, I'd have to agree with you on that. That it's definitely helped us in a way, but as far as you know, everybody believing what they what they see on there, that's where it kind of screws us as a generation. Now, and here's here's the interesting thing because. I've heard so many different groups. I mean, I've, I've heard an extreme liberal everywhere to an extreme, you know, radical person who's on the right. I've heard people talk about, you know, the masses as sheep. You know, they refer to them mm-hmm. as sheeple. And both sides, you know, describe these sheeple as different people. Like somebody today could say, well, the sheeple are Trump supporters. They are the people that believe anything that Trump does or, you know, they look past all of his faults, you know, all of his uh, rape allegations or whatever, and they just blindly follow him like a bunch of sheep. And, you know, back when Obama was president, people would say, on the right, would say the same thing about Obama supporters, that they were a bunch of sheep. So that that just, I guess, what makes me, where I'm getting at here, as I want to ask you, is why does every group out there think that the media is their enemy? I think I think it's because the media has always been divided to a certain extent. And are we talking... Mass media? Are we talking like social media, um, anything like that? Honestly, I mean, I guess we could talk about all of it. But what I'm trying to get at is, is that the media is a very hard thing to define because mm-hmm. there is um, definitions that you could read out of the dictionary about it. But when you really try to break it down, and when you really try to you know talk about the propaganda from it, I mean, it goes in a million different directions, like a mirror that shattered. I mean, mm-hmm. it just shines. And many different directions, and I just find that interesting that that every group, because even people that I disagree with, all the way down to our fundamental values, I mean, they still think the media is against them. And and me, you know, I would even say when I watch the news or when I look on social media, I see a lot of context that I just disagree with down to the core. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it almost feels like it's against me. It's, it just amazes me that there's a force out there, or that there's a thing out there that can make people feel so isolated or so, you know, hated or just it just it, it amazes me that there's something out there that that just makes people feel like ev- everything's against them. You know, and I think part of that just comes with like when when you believe in something wholeheartedly uh and, and you're passionate about it, no matter what anybody says, it's not going to change the way you feel about it. And there's a lot of people out there that when they don't when somebody doesn't see things the way that they see them, they're automatically the enemy. And um, it's just that, 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 uh, discourse, you know, that, that, that we have that as, as human beings to defend what we believe in. And so, yeah, you know, you might, you might see somebody that works for the media that's on the right. And then, you know, so obviously somebody on the left is going to hate that person because they don't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And that's why we, I would say probably the biggest reason is just, we don't give each other enough credit to, um, support each other, you know, because in, in, and to let us believe what we want to believe and still be able to work that so many people want to be like, no, you have to believe this. You have to believe this. It doesn't always work like that, you know? So the way, you know, the thing is, is like, I may not like, you know, spaghetti, Josh, you may love spaghetti, but we're not going to hate each other because that just means that I'm going to get stuck eating spaghetti when I go to your house, but you're not going to eat it in my house. Like, and, and that's where people as individuals. And I think part of that was coming up being raised that way too, is that, you want to you're always told to surround yourself with people that are on the same track as you or that share the same same uh thoughts as you and in the same hobbies 
I don't necessarily agree with that either. Just for the simple fact that when I when I when I start meeting people from different backgrounds, that's when I start growing as, as an individual. I start learning things about people. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm into board gaming, you know, I love fishing, you know, I love shooting. I like, there, there's so many hobbies that I enjoy doing podcasting, you know, it's one of those things is I didn't learn all that on my own. You know, a lot of this stuff I've learned, I've learned how to do through other people. And just because, you know, one person doesn't like board gaming, you know, but they like fishing. Okay, that's awesome. We can go fishing together and then I'll play board games with my other friends, you know, and that's, that's, that's where it really comes down to, um, just not giving each other enough uh, enough open-mindedness to accept that we are different. We are all different. We all think differently. We all see things differently. And so, yeah, you know, when you don't see something, when you're that passionate about something and you don't see it from the other person's perspective, yeah, you're going to think that they freaking hate you because you're like, well, yeah, you know, I'm a Trump supporter. Everybody hates Trump supporters. That's not, you know, and that's 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 also been something that's been fueled in our heads by social media and media is that Trump supporters and this was huge, you know, is, is, and I'm sure you've seen it. Trump supporters are bigots and racists and things like that, you know, and then we, and then we all think that, you know, uh, the left side are all socialists who want free stuff all the time, you know, but those are, and, and that's not something that we started. That's something the media started. Right. And that's just, I guess that just blows my mind that they have all these different platforms right at your fingertips. You know, you, you have it right at your fingertips, but you, you kind of still, you choose what you take in and you know what you're going to look up. And that just, uh, it's just interesting because it's a lot of it, even though the media is there, it still all falls on the individual on what you're going to look up and, uh, what you're going to believe on what you're going to question. So, yeah, that's uh, actually a really good point. And if you, uh, I don't know if you listen to the uh, the the pod, Joe Rogan's podcast where he talks to um, the CEO of Twitter and uh, Tim Pool and they're like Twitter's legal person where they talk about, um, it was all, a lot of it cornered on Alex Jones getting banned from Twitter. And um, a lot of that was he got reported for the things that he said. And that's another thing that, that kind of brings back that that uh, that that, that where media's kind of messed us up as individuals because if we don't because it's gotten to the point if we don't like somebody we can just tell them and they're like oh they get punished for it like that's never been a thing until the last probably fifteen years if you didn't like somebody because they said something you addressed it with them like you know it's not behind the the, the push of a key that oh they need to be blocked or report them because they said this I know a lot of people's Instagram accounts who have gotten deleted because they might post a shirtless pic in the gym and somebody hates it so they report it and then they they lose their account like we need to get out of that that mentality and it's 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 all about you know that how they say the snowflake generation i'm sure you've heard that oh yeah and i don't even like that term snowflake but we've come we've become a very soft generation and i think it's because the media has made it um i know you talked about this too is that the, the media like scared people you know, into believing these things that it's, a, you know, that that's the way to handle something. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that at all. No, and uh, the media definitely has almost pushed this hyper-social justice attitude. Like, this is probably one of the first times that at least I've noticed it actually, like, social media being weaponized against individuals to uh, um, silence them. And that that, by all definitions, is propaganda. I mean, there's no way around that, and uh -huh. I think I think people recognize that. 
But like people that disagree with Alex Jones, they're oddly silent about it because they don't. I think it's because it goes along with the narrative that they choose to believe. So they just go they go along with it. But you know, if it was one of their people getting banned, uh, then they would you know be voicing it. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'd like to talk about, you know, when it comes to this is more about the internet, but um, have you ever, like, read, like, YouTube comments or, like, Reddit comments? Oh, all the time. They I'm are... not a big Reddit user, but YouTube, yeah. There's <laughs> the... certain videos I'll, I'll watch right where, like, I like I might have to read the comments on this video just to see what oh, these yeah. people are saying. I but... mean, they, they are brutal. And, yeah. and a lot of it is just, you know, like, people like us. And, and I'll admit, I've participated because it, it's kind of fun mm-hmm. just to sit there and troll somebody or to just say something, you know, uh, <laughs> that, you, you know, you normally wouldn't say. In, in person, but it's like on the internet, you got a different persona. So, 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 have you ever like put a post on social media that's that you posted it with the intention to spark a conversation or a debate between people you know are going to argue about it all the time? So, I mean, but that goes back to that 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 that, that you know public discourse between people is you got to know where to draw the line, and I feel and I think the media doesn't understand that there's a line somewhere that they've crossed years ago. That brings this into a, a whole different realm of of uh, weaponizing media. I just, I, 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 yeah, exactly. And two, I just, I don't think you know people really like fair fights because a lot of people, you know, I've personally never had a comment reported that I know of. Mm-hmm. I never got a notification from Facebook, but I know people who have, and I know people who have lost their accounts due to comments or you know uh, material that they've been posting. Mm-hmm. So it definitely exists, and which kind of, in some way, shape, or form, violates our rights as in, as Americans be, for our freedom of speech because we should be able to post and say what we want to do. Like if I'm if I want to go drop the f bomb at the gas station because I spilled gas on my shoe, if there's a kid in your car, I'm sorry, but I'm not concerned about that right now. I spilled freaking gas on my shoe and I'm pissed. And like, but however. You know, I agree. You should be able to say whatever you want, whenever you want, even if it's the most hateful speech. You know, I have no interest in listening to really hateful speech, but mm-hmm. I do think you have the right to say it. However, a place, you know, a place like Facebook or Twitter, you know, a, an, an entity like that, they hide behind, you know, well, it's our business, so we can refuse service to anybody, mm-hmm. and so they they kind of take that into account. The the problem is is that. Uh, of course, this type of platform, you know, like, it doesn't, it has so much reach in our population mm-hmm. that, like, a business down the street doesn't have. So that's where a lot of people see the problem with it. Now, me, kind of, in my libertarian mindset, I, I kind of agree. You you can edit whatever content you want, whether I agree with it or not. But it is it is a dangerous game to play, and it is a slippery slope, and it further divides the population, in my opinion. No, hundred percent. I I agree with you on that. Um, and let's let's take it back. Uh, God, almost twenty years ago. Um, mo- I don't know if any of the people listening to this are going to remember this. I know some will, but maybe a majority of them won't. But MySpace. Oh yeah. MySpace was a thing, and MySpace was kind of cool because it was like Facebook, but it wasn't like Facebook in the aspect of you got on there, you could put a post on your. Um, they called it. It wasn't a timeline. It was like a wall. Or um, I can't even remember what it was. Yeah, called. the term. It was like your profile. Yeah, your profile. So so when so when you logged into somebody's profile, like you could have your own background. You could have like your song, like whatever your favorite song was. Like you'd have cool like uh, cursors for your mouse. I know a guy who had a he had a like a hand with the middle finger. Like like you could customize it, like 
to, to show people who you really were. Facebook, you don't really get that. But when we, when we talk about, um, going back and that was never a thing with MySpace because MySpace, no, I mean, you always, Tom was always your friend. He was always your first friend, but it, it wasn't so monitored. It wasn't so like soft. And, and the thing was, is like, you, 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 it was kind of, you know, the same thing where you could get on and you could throw some comments on there. It wasn't as advanced as Facebook, obviously, but it was one of those things. It's like, that's how a lot of people had discussions. I couldn't, I remember I'd get home from school and I'd do my homework real quick and then make sure nobody had to make a phone call and I'd hop on the internet and, and hop onto MySpace and scroll through and see what people were doing. And, and that was back when you actually had to take, you know, the, 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 um, card out of the camera to upload a picture to your computer to upload it to to MySpace because we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have this instant access to all this stuff. And a lot of the news that we got was from the TV because it wasn't just out there. You know, news, news, news people or uh, news companies, new broad, news broadcasting companies didn't have MySpace pages that they uploaded links to. Or, you know, newspapers didn't have these pages. You can go and read their articles. That wasn't a thing. And I'm talking, I'm going back for, for listeners. I'm literally going back like 2006, 2005, like less than 20 years ago. And so I remember when I got my first phone, my first cell phone, didn't even have a color screen. I remember when you text, you had to use T9 word. You had to hit the freaking seven button to get the, you know, eight times to get whatever word you were looking for. And so like us as a generation, I think that we're the ones that are affected more by this because now we have this, we have information so readily available. We don't got to go to the library to get a, an, an encyclopedia to look up an article on obesity or the drug epidemic. We can literally just Google, hey, what are the stats for drug overdoses in 2015? And boom, all the articles pop up from the CDC. And so it's a lot different now. And having gone through that technological advancement, that technological age, um, it's it's really huge to see that. And I think that that's like, we've, like we're so wrapped around it that we've come to believe everything because it's so easily accessible. No, I... I cannot disagree with that. And it's funny because I remember the jump. I remember when everybody made that jump from MySpace to Facebook. And it happened kind of subtly. Mm-hmm. But it happened rather quickly as well. Yeah. And I would say it was probably... I remember in 2007, I had a MySpace and a Facebook. Mm-hmm. And by 2008, most people had Facebooks. And by 2009, it was like MySpace was it was like a dead land. It didn't even exist anymore it at that was, point. Well, it was around, but it had changed its name. and I it updated just, MySpace. Uh, I downloaded the app, and I logged in with my old account, and I updated it. And this is, I think, where, where MySpace messed up, because I had a lot of memories on MySpace, because like, that was the thing, you know? If you, you had your MySpace, and that was, you know, like like what, what your Instagram would have been now, or your Facebook, obviously, we talked about that. But um, as soon as I updated the app, I lost everything. I still had the same profile. But I didn't have any of my pictures. I didn't have any of my old stuff. It just makes you wonder what happened to it. Well, yeah, and that's and and, and it goes back to uh, to show that. But it's kind of funny. All these people. I don't know how many friends requests I've gotten from the same person because their their Facebook accounts they keep getting locked out of them because they don't remember their passwords. Like that's another thing that's kind of made us kind of screwy with the advancement of technology just in general. Is we don't have to remember our passwords anymore because we can save them. Right. Which is actually not a really good thing because that will lead into identity theft which we could cover in another episode but yeah going back to like media as a whole though it's not really been as beneficial for us as it has been more of a downturn and like you said it has been beneficial but i feel like the negative effects of it 
outweigh what actually has benefited us. It really has. And again, it just kind of blows my mind that people go along with it. That even though I've heard all the all the downfalls or all the all the downers when it comes to talking about technology and talking about media and social media, but yet people even like us, we participate in it still knowing how dangerous it is and or I don't know if dangerous is the right word, but we know basically the effect that it's had, and we still participate in it. And well, I guess it just it. I, I just want to know why. Why do we do it? Well, it's because we have shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and the Cardia the Kardashians literally add nothing to our society. The only reason they have a TV show is because they have money. That's the only reason. And then obviously Bruce Jenner coming out and doing his his thing. You know, his transformation that that really sparked a lot of, you know, also put them on the map a little bit. But we have people that are obsessed with these individuals, these these quote unquote celebrities who literally contribute nothing to society. And that's where like people people want to be like them so bad. And I'm like, why? It was like it was like when um Kylie Jenner got her lips done or whatever. Everybody was like, oh, the Kylie Jenner lip challenge. And that's another thing we need to cover. Freaking stupid ass challenges that are floating around the Internet. Like Tide Pods and um, dumb shit like that because that 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 stuff's dumb. Well, but, and it's dumb, and I I also wonder how legitimate it is. I I wonder how many because when the Tide Pod thing was going on, I just remember hearing about it because people were criticizing it. Like it would always be these people that were uploading the Tide. They're like, oh, I can't believe your generation does this. Does your generation know about the uh, Mountain Dew? You know, underneath your your, your car hood. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so. I was always criticizing it, but I never actually had any friends or anybody on my timeline that was actually doing the Tide Pod. No, and so neither I, I did wonder, I. I wonder how real it is. Again, I, I the conspiracy side of me says, oh, this is something that's put out there by somebody to divide the public to you know basically get one generation to look at another generation and say oh you guys are stupid or move our focus from something else to yeah, something just, new just something pointless and i know like the, there was an ice bucket challenge for als which was a good obviously als is is a huge thing and it's a huge problem that we're trying to figure out you know but um then you had all these other dumb challenges like snorting condoms i, I never in my life would i look at a condom and be like oh i think i can get that up my nose i completely missed that one i don't remember that was that a thing one. they were snorting condoms i mean it was just terrible and that's one. There's this new. There's this new uh, um, term out there. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's insta famous. Insta famous. I have actually heard. That. And so that's where a lot of this stems from. Is these people? They 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 do this video of them doing something stupid, or sometimes something funny, and they go viral. I actually had the ability to participate in a video that went viral, and we'll, I'll show you that a little later. But um. It's not so many people want to be famous. So many people want to want people to know who they are. And that's the generation we live in is the ability to do things like that. So when people start doing these challenges, like right now they got one going, it's the get up challenge. It's very similar to the uh that stupid challenge where they hopped out of the car while it was rolling and danced to that song about Kiki and Drake and how oh, he yeah, 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 that stupid song. Um now there's another one it's called the get up challenge, it's like a like a country song. But like you do, like there's a dance that goes to it. So you so you upload a video, you doing the dance. Those kind of things aren't that bad. They're they're actually pretty entertaining. But it's the stupid things that people fall in line with. They're like, this guy did it. Like the the Tide Pod challenge that was a big thing for a while. And so it was it. And then it it evolved. It wasn't just eating a Tide Pod. I watched a dude a video of a guy who cracked one open in his bong and smoked it. Like bro, I got my mouth soaked as a kid. 
I can't imagine that inhaling it would be any better than tasting it. Like, I, that, I just, I don't get why people want to fall into this trap of somebody else is doing it, so I have to do it. So when somebody ever tells you that the human race is uh, evolving and advancing, you can just look to the internet to just see that that's complete bullshit. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're 100%. And, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a select portion of the population. It's not everybody. But, I mean... There's people, if you if you look into, like, foreign countries and, you know, because the U.S. is pretty advanced and pretty somewhat evolved. But you look at, like, countries, like, down, like, not not even countries, but look at the Amazon, look at Africa. There's literally tribes there that don't even know what a TV is because they've never had it. Actually, I just, I just learned what a cargo cult is. You ever heard that term? No, what is that? So, apparently, there are still islands, uh, maybe, you know, closer to, like, uh, the West Indies and uh, that part of the world uh, out east. But a cargo cult is basically um, a tribe in these islands that they still live uh, very savagely, that we'd call it, and they don't have contact with the outside world, or at least they haven't had very much, except for the cargo that has flowed onto their shores, and they actually worship it because they kind of look at it like it's a, it's an extraterrestrial or an alien life form sending these things to them, so... They have set up uh, get-ups like that and have worshipped it, and people have eventually traveled and have found these things and found these tribes and found a way to communicate with them, and this is what they were telling them that they were doing. Oh, yeah, these uh, aliens are sending us this stuff. And apparently that's a real thing. You can Google it. You can Wikipedia it. Uh, sure it we should not... do an episode on that. Yeah, cargo cults. That, uh, that we could be... actually have our buddy Ian on that. Yeah, that would be that'd be a phenomenal one. But, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is, like, we're so used to just having things, like, like, travel the world. I have a buddy uh, who I served with who is uh, who's in Madagascar. He joined the Peace Corps. He's in Madagascar. He's Actually, I think he's in his last year now. Um, good guy. But it's funny. He has, a, he has a blog on the internet, and he talks about how much differences and how many differences there are between us over here and those people over there that are still living in what we could only describe as the Stone Age. And the thing is, is, is you know... If we were to go go somewhere like that and try to survive with a tribe, there's no way we could do it. Absolutely no way we could do it. And, you know, these, these tribes have figured out how to battle uh, illnesses and things of that nature. And yet, every time we're sick, we get in the car, we go to the doctor's office, we get a shot, we're good to go. You know, these people literally lay in bed for weeks on end, sicker than dogs, but they get better. You know, and it's a, a, there's a really good movie about it. Uh, it's an old movie with Sean Connery. It's called Medicine Man. And it's about a doctor who went out and, and, and uh, basically became a member of a tribe. I, I don't remember if it was in Africa or the Amazon. It was one of the two. He was in a jungle. That's all I remember. And he learns how to make medicine the way that they make it. And it was really interesting. Um, old movie. But, you know, if we were to do that now, dude, so many of us would be screwed. I, I, I don't even know if I could do it. Well, there's a whole market right now of people selling, like, essential oils and stuff, which come from a lot of those uh, old practices, those, uh, I forget what the term is that they call it, but it's like, uh, it's because it's, it's not approved by our medical um, field, so they, they call it like uh, uh, untraditional practices or something, something mm-hmm. of the sort. But yeah, like uh, essential oils is a big thing. I know a few women who are selling essential oils, you know, oh, you, you got a headache, uh, put some of this, you know, on the side of your head or whatever. So, I mean, that stuff's been around, and some of it's helpful, so some of it's not, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah, and, 
you know, it's and it's stuff like that that we don't see that, you know, we that's I don't know. I mean, but going back to media, man, like it's just it's ruined us for things of that nature. Trying to understand people is where it's ruined us. Well, yeah, because the media, um, mass media, it, it makes it look like that we have the world figured out. Mm-hmm. That we know every uh, everything that goes on in this world and everything that's important would be reported to us. Mm-hmm. But that's just obviously not the case at all. I, th- I think also, like, uh, where you said that it's uh, benefited, uh, definitely benefited us, is like... Um, Remember, remember back in the old days when something got leaked, you never really know where it got leaked to, you know, when certain things got leaked or certain documents or videos got leaked and you're like, Oh, where are these videos at? You know, now it's so easily accessible because when a video gets leaked, guess where, where it ends up? It ends up everywhere on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. It's like, look at this video. And so it, it, I, I throw this out there to everybody because I tell everybody the same thing. And if I look at my Facebook posts from five, seven years ago, I'm like, bro, what was I thinking? Once you put something out on the internet, it's there. You do not, you will never get it back. Nobody understands the cloud, but you will never get anything you put on the internet back. It's kind of like that, that old phrase that like, like watch what you say because you can never take words back. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the internet. That's the and first, it's the first time in human history that something's actually documenting. Exactly. And the thing is, is people don't understand that they are documenting themselves. I know employers that will go through somebody's Facebook before they hire them to see what kind of stuff they post, to see where their views are at. And not necessarily their views, but to see what kind of person they are and whether or not they want to hire them for their business. And I, it's kind of ridiculous. I didn't think about it till I started hiring people, and that was something we started doing. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, it's kind of bad because people post random stuff. I literally had a girl that works for me who added me on Facebook because whatever, and then one night I'm, I'm off work, and I... uh she she put a post on Facebook. She goes, yep, nothing like smoking a bowl before bed. And I'm like, first of all, that's not something you should probably put on your Facebook when your boss is on your Facebook. Like, like not that I have an issue with that, but I could have drug tested her and she would have gotten fired. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have an issue with marijuana. That's okay. But thinking of like putting stuff like that on your Facebook, like, yeah, you don't think about it then. But is but in, I definitely didn't either. I put some stupid stuff on my Facebook way back in the day. But now that I've gotten older... And I try to share this with everybody. Be very careful what you post on your on your social media because it is findable. And especially if it's the government and they get a court order to find it, let me tell you, they're gonna find it. It don't matter if you deleted it, you've you've deleted that account. There's a there's a there's a log of everything that ever that happens on the internet. And honestly, that's where the media screwed us as well as a generation because we literally have no privacy anymore. And I feel, and, and, and it almost seems like that violates some of our rights as well. And we don't even realize it because we're so used to having this, this thing that we can do this. Like Snapchat. Snapchat keeps every picture ever sent on Snapchat. Yeah. I, uh, and I've also heard, uh, some of my conspiracy theory buddies say that Snapchat was developed to, uh, gain, um, what is they call it? Facial recognition mm-hmm. from individuals. And I was like, you know, even if that's not true, that's actually like a really good theory because it makes a lot of sense. Well, that's like the face app where everybody was changing their age. Yeah. They, you know, everybody made a big deal about that. It's like, Oh, now it has X number of face. So I'm like, every time you walked in front of a camera, that's facial recognition. Just so you guys know, um, every picture you've ever posted on Facebook has facial recognition. And that's a, and so people get like, it's almost like they play, 
Um, they play loosey-goosey with which ones they want to believe and which ones they don't. Snapchat was actually not developed for facial recognition, as I heard. It was actually developed for other things, um, like adultery, um, things like that. Which, actually, there was a there was a lawsuit that, that Snapchat got in trouble for a few years back, if I remember correctly. Um, because they actually, they they uh, got they got subpoenaed for their servers. And they went through their servers and they found child porn on there. Because kids were sending nudes, underage kids were sending nudes to each other. And because... Snapchat keeps a log of all the pictures that are ever sent. They got caught in, and were in, in, were said that they were in possession of child pornography because of that. That's another thing people don't realize is like if you ever got in trouble, you could actually, uh, they could subpoena for those photos and they could pull those photos up. Everything you've ever sent, and that's where people forget that everything you do on your phone, where where social media is concerned, like you said, it's the first time in human history everything's documented. Right. And it's almost sad to think that we fall in that like we we that we've fallen for that, right? And I guess the the skeptical side of me is like, so what? Because a lot of people have that attitude, like they don't care. You could tell them all day, oh, you know, you're being you're being documented, and they're just like, oh, well, you know, who, who cares? You know, you could tell them, well, you know, they could bring, you know, they could the government could find these photos if they really wanted to and they'd be like well you know i was just in court the other day and then you know they didn't say anything about my social media so like it's like people don't care but you know people like you and me the way that we were trained we we, we were trained to you know always think you know be careful what you put out there and i have not been the most careful i've actually been very careless with a lot of my words i've said a lot of vicious things over the internet and a lot of stuff i do look back on i'm like "What, what the hell was i thinking yep why did I even speak? I was such an angry kid. Like, what the hell? <laughs> right? Exactly. I, that's that's kind of why I wish I could find my own MySpace account, because I'm kind of curious to see what was on there, because that was like middle school days for me, and I was like, I was like, man, I was like, if I said some dumb shit in high school, can you imagine what I, what I, what I said when I was in middle school? But it's it's just the little things like that, like, every, and, and even now, like, uh, how streaming's becoming such a big thing, like uh, Twitch streaming and, and Mixer and YouTube, that's another, it's, it's just another form of documentation. And once it's out there, man, you can't get it back. And the media uses that to our advantage. How many times, like, okay, for instance, uh, not to bring up a sensitive subject, but where, what was the first thing that people did when they found out about the mass shooting in El Paso? Where did they go? Uh, they went to social media, right? Yep. They went to his Facebook account and started looking looking at his Facebook account. And they're like, whoa, he said this, he said that, he said this. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that, like, they obviously it was put out there that this was that he was that he had these kind of thoughts and 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 whatnot and that's what i'm saying is it documents everything yeah you know and that's the first thing we ever hear about anybody that we know is like oh facebook yeah it's kind of a that's kind of a weird thing to think about because back you know 20 years ago when columbine happened they probably would that would have been the first thing the authorities would have done is probably gone to those guys social media and seen what they were posting and they probably would have saw a bunch of fucked up things exactly and um oh i had a thought and i lost it no that's okay but it's actually you know it's this is the first time that i remember where the news like you'll be watching the news about a mass shooting subject and they will be, you know, talking about their Facebook. What, what, are, they, what are they posting? Who, which, uh, which uh, political figures are they behind and supporting? Which we talked about. Yeah. You know, and in, in, in the media made that very, very clear that you know this person was a quote unquote Trump supporter and um, and things of that nature. I, and, I, I guess I gotta ask, why does it even matter? No, I was I was literally gonna say the same thing. Yeah, well, why, why why does it even matter? Because it almost I guess the skeptical side of me is saying, well, the media is trying to figure out. Or the, again, they're trying to 
basically figure out a profile of person that they can put blame on. This mm-hmm. this guy was a white supremacist Trump supporter. Yeah, exactly. As you know, before social media, they they wouldn't have even reported that because yeah. they they wouldn't have necessarily known. They would have said, "Oh, maybe a family member said that they were a white supremacist," but like they and wouldn't have the social media to go off. Exactly. Of. Mass media uses it to every benefit that they can because they know that that's things that that are going to that are going to spark certain people to do certain things or, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's sickening almost because it's used as a weapon and, and you, it, media should never be weaponized. No, it, it should have never, but everybody knows that it is. And the fact that some people still have trust in, in, uh, broadcasting media and, in uh, a lot of fake social media news that's put out there. Again, it just, it, it's mind boggling to me. Yeah, and I I can't I can't imagine what like I'm seeing growing up with it. I think it makes us a little more skeptical of it because we've seen how it's gone from being a great thing to being a not so great thing, and that's where we kind of get you know messed up at. And all these kids nowadays are gonna you know they're not gonna have that difference to look back at, you know, and it's it's really gonna. It really scares me, to be honest with you, for the next 10 years of the United States future. Because it's really, really going to get bad. And it's just, not only that, let, let's not talk about just the media in general, but let's let's throw this added variable into this. What about the ability to edit just about anything? I, I uh, have used, you know, I've edited a few of my comments and posts that I've put on Facebook, so... I can't say that I'm totally against it, but I definitely doesn't seem like the best thing in the world. Well, I mean, look at the ability to, like, Photoshop. Look at the ability to uh, edit any video with the right with the right equipment and the right skill set. You can edit any video to, to fit any, any purpose you need it to. And that alone scares me because how do we know how do we not know that some of these videos that the media is shooting are edited do you remember last year there was a hurricane there was a reporter who was acting like he was literally being blown over by the wind and behind him two guys walked behind him walking normally through the rain like that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about yeah like they're trying to sell something that may not necessarily be exactly the product we're looking for and honestly you know as much as i um, criticize trump I would say that is one of the most true things that he has said when he called when he called them fake news because that's exactly what they are and honestly that's what got that's what got him my vote was when he called the media fake news. I don't like, you know, a lot of things about Trump but that was one thing that he really got my vote because I'd never heard a politician actually just straight up look in the camera and say CNN you are fake news. Well, and not even that, but that's probably one of the reasons why I still I still support him over anybody right now is because, yeah, should the guy stay off Twitter? Yes. But he, has he said, has he ever said anything that wasn't true? No. I mean, in the aspect of like when he's, when he's calling somebody out or when he makes a statement and yes, he, he'll make a statement and he may not like think about what he's saying at the moment, but he's apologized to people because he realizes he may have, because you know, he said something that was pretty, you know, messed up and he's gone back and he's fixed it. But that's the difference you get between somebody who legitimately is passionate about what they do and somebody who's trying to fit a purpose or agenda. They're not feeding a bunch of bullshit to the, the to the American people. And the problem is the media's own all the media outlets are owned by a very small group of people. And who those people um 
who those people that own those media um, outlets also fund certain presidential campaigns. So yes, that's another reason why you said earlier, and it took me took me a while to figure this out or think about this. Why there? Why people are always? Why people feel like they're out to hate them, and why like mass media always seems one side or the other. There's never one that's like right down the middle that sees it from both sides, and that's part of the problem. But yes, see, ninety percent. I feel like ninety percent of um, media news outlets are fake news. Yeah, I don't know how national. News outlets, let me tell you. Yeah. Well, and even a lot of the local ones are, you know, they use a lot of the same language that, you know, like in Lincoln, Nebraska, KETV would be saying one thing, and they'd be using the same language that a New York City a local news station would be using. And it's like New York City and Lincoln, Nebraska, these are two completely different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are the same country, but we're two completely different cultures and why do you feel the need to you know speak the same way it just it doesn't make sense to me so i'm i'm skeptical of all media even local but yeah especially national national's more of a clown show than than the local news stations and and there's certain things that that i never understood either is like if somebody like i don't need to hear about every stabbing that occurs in the united states let me tell you if it's not in my state or my town i really don't care yeah, and that's why I don't think reporters and journalists honestly do the people a service because I, I don't really, yeah, I, I don't care about a, a stabbing or a, a bat beating that went on in Seattle. And it, even if it was racially charged or if it was about someone's sexual orientation, you know, I, I don't need to know that in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, that doesn't affect us in any way, shape, or form. No, it doesn't. It just, it, it just spreads fear mongering. Exactly. And, and these people, and that's why. Kids are now, you know, and they, I feel like, I feel like the news media outlets glorify things that shouldn't be glorified. Mass shootings being one of them. Kids are so scared to go to school now because of the Parkland shooting and things like that. First of all, parents, don't let your kids watch that crap. Teachers, don't put that stuff on TV in school. I remember when I, I never watched the news when I was in school. You know what day I watched the news when I was in school? Hmm. September 11th, night or 2001. Yeah. That was the day that they put the news on in school. The only day ever. Yeah. Why? Because we didn't do it to ourselves. And that's one of those situations, like you said, they're spreading fear. And we don't want to be a country that's scared to go outside. We don't want to be a country that's scared to go and live our lives because there's a fear that somebody might shoot somebody. Guess what? People get shot every day. And it may not be like 30 or 40 people, but people get shot every day. And at the end of the day... We should not be scared to live our lives because I had a police officer tell me that one time because, you know, I told him about, um, I talked to him about becoming a police officer and I said, the only thing that scares me is, you know, being, you know, having a family and possibly, you know, not making it home. He's like, he's like, but you can't let that dictate your life either. He goes, cause what are you going to do? Sit at home all the time. You're not going to, you're not going to go out and enjoy life. You're not going to travel. You're not going to do things because something bad might happen. Some bad things happen all the day. We lose, we lose thousands of people a year to vehicle accidents and those are people that are just driving on the road i mean it's 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 not really any different besides the fact that one person caused it that's the only changing variable in it to be honest with you and not i'm not trying to be insensitive towards these situations i'm just saying we can't be scared to go and do things because something bad might happen Something bad could happen anywhere, anytime, anyplace. You don't want to make big decisions based off of fear. 
And that's what I feel like the the news media is trying to push on us is that we need to make a knee jerk, you know, we need to have a knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. when one of these uh, tragedies happen because you know we're scared. People have been affected. We need to do something right now that's in our control. And you know, just the, the values that were installed in me is that. You can't control anything except yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that you can control. And yep. so yeah, I, I just... Uh... When I was in retail, I had a district manager who always told me... Because I, cause I always stressed about stuff that didn't even matter. And that was just me being young and, and you know new to the job. And she always told me, she goes, only worry about the things that you can control. If it's out of your control, don't stress over it. Because there's nothing you're going to do... That's going to make it any better. And I've always tried to live my life with that concept in mind just because she's very right. You cannot, if you, if you waste your life stressing about the things that are literally out of your control, cause you're not, cause you can't control your neighbor and what he's going to do. You can't control your best friend and what he's going to do. You might be able to influence him a little bit, but you can't control him. And that's where that whole situation is. Like you said, Josh, only, the only thing you can control is yourself. And we need to we need to go back to those days where that's what we worried about was ourselves, and not in a selfish sense, but just in a sense of only worry about the things that affect your life on a day to day basis. Right, and honestly, I guess you know I, I criticize uh, social justice warriors and activists a lot, but I mean when this is a very new thing, mass social media. You know, it's just a very new thing. So, of course, when something like this is introduced to humanity, there's always going to be people trying to control the content. You know, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, they're afraid that it spreads hate. They're afraid that it gives people bad ideas. So, I guess, you know, as a whole, it, it is expected that people are going to try to control it as they see fit. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, we we agree or disagree. Well, in... And we got to stop letting what people say control us as an individual, too. It took me a long time. I used to take everything that people said to heart. And I learned very quickly, and retail did this to me, actually, because I dealt with some people that were just absolutely freaking rude, and I wanted it, like, if, if, if I could have punched them in the face, I would have. And I've learned how to let things roll off my shoulders. And as a generation, we need to learn that. We need to have that skill. Because people are going to say things that are going to be, that are going to piss you off. They're going to belittle you about something that maybe they don't understand, and it's not really that it's not really your fault. It's just maybe they don't get it. And we can't, you know, beat ourselves up over it because they don't understand us. You will you will meet friends who understand you as a person and like being around you. And those are the people that matter. Everybody else that, that says, I don't like him because he's gay. That's cool, bro. That's your opinion. But you know what? That's my friend. And as long as he's with me, you're going to respect him because we're friends. And that's how it has to be. And we, as a generation, we've become so like, well, he said this. So, you know, now my feelings are hurt. They're just feelings, man. You know what? People will, like I said, people will accept you for who you are and will support you in anything you do if they're your friends. This is another big point. Stop trying to be friends with everybody because not everybody's going to be your friend. You know, they always say that, you know, your true friends, you can count on one hand and they're not wrong. You know, I have a lot of friends, but I only have three best friends. And these are the guys that I could call up at any time of the day and say, hey, I need something. And guess what? They're there. And there's and if you've got more than 10, you might want to reevaluate your friend pool because not all 10 of those people are going to do that for you. But that's part of where the media has kind of influenced a lot of the way that we think because of, you know, bullying and things like this. Like you said, you know, the Columbine thing was, oh, well, they, they were bullied. Yeah. 
and and that was proven wrong you know and so that's that's one of those things is where it obviously we can go back 20 years to that and that's where people talked about how uh how you how you mentioned that it that the media is doing it to fill to fill a purpose or an agenda and people need to be more open to the thought of that because it's not you're not wrong you're 100 percent correct the media gets paid by people with money that have certain influence on certain things that happen in the country or around the world so guess what's going to happen that's what's going to get reported whether people like to admit it or not that's the situation right and that is definitely a point to bring up as columbine because uh that was a that was before social media was big or that was really even before social media so Mm -hmm. but that goes to show that you know communication between teenagers and people wanting to have a have a quick reaction to something tragic that happened they come up with the reason well there has to be a reason why these guys did it and the reason we can think of is that they were bullied and it just it wasn't the case but if you ask somebody today why did columbine happen a lot of people would tell you oh it was because they were bullied so that was two decades ago and people are still affected by the false news that was put out there mm-hmm. and bullying happens i was bullied all through school and you know what i've never had you know and we talked about this i've never had the desire to go out and kill a bunch of people because of it and that's where but that's also because my parents I didn't keep stuff like that from my parents. If I was bullied, I told my parents. You know what my dad did? He taught me how to fight so I could defend myself. And I'm not saying that every parent needs to go out and do that or every kid needs to have a parent that does that, but they need to realize that school is only a certain part of your life. Things get so much better after it's over. I mean, you're still going to run into people that, that want to say mean things and want to hurt your feelings and, and, and actually some people who just want to tick you off to see how far you can go. And not feeding that makes them look like an idiot because they're like oh i tried to get him to fight me but he wouldn't fight me and that's at the end of the day that's going to make a bigger statement than if you would have decked him in the face and gotten all this trouble and things like that so for any of these young guys that are out here that are going through bullying or, or or dealing with this stuff you know and nowadays we even have a whole new style of bullying which is social media you know and media as a whole has been responsible for a lot of bullying of a lot of different people in a lot of different groups and businesses. Mm-hmm. The media is one of the biggest bullies out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll state it right now. I honestly think the media is public enemy number one against the people. And they are the biggest bully. So it's just funny when they try to teach us morals. Because people like me kind of just laugh. Yeah, I kind of exactly. just laugh it off when the media tries to teach me about morals. Yeah, and and I don't know. I just... There's certain things that, like, when when I see certain headlines or I, or I, or I hear certain phrases that, that I hear from a news anchor, I'm like, yeah, you probably got paid to say that one, didn't you? Because that's what it comes down to. Like, they again, they get paid to say what they're told to say. I mean, if you've never been um, in, a, in a newsroom, they have a teleprompter where literally everything's typed for them. And none of that comes from, yes, do, yes, do they have a notepad in front of them? Yes, but you know what's on that notepad? Nothing. Nothing. Because end of the day they're already told what to say yeah and that's kind of where it gets gets down into that that you know what do you really believe well and a lot of them honestly are actors i don't know if you've heard of the recent uh allegations brought against uh, msnbc's don lemon or he he might be cnn actually i'm gonna check that but don lemon he's he's a host and he tends to lean very left he's the he's the one that said that white men are america's biggest a terrorist or they're america's biggest threat mm-hmm. 
Well, he was just accused by a guy uh, for a sexual assault. Hmm. This was, I believe, last week. Yeah, but along with it, whether the assault's true or not, the one thing that people have been saying is that Lemon is not the same guy on camera that he is off camera at all. Mm-hmm. Now, on camera, he seems to be this this guy that's very socially concerned, but off camera, he's just a big, giant jerk. Mm-hmm. He's a big douche. Yep, and I feel... and. I've heard that about a couple other um, anchors as well, but at the end of it, but, you know, yes, they're actors. They get paid to have, you know, to have that kind of a personality. Because, like, realistically, I guarantee you, I could probably not be a news anchor. Because there's no way that I could segue from, oh, somebody found dead at the bottom of the elevator. Guess what's better for your cholesterol? I couldn't do it. I could, like, like I would be stuck on the whole dead body in the elevator and want to know more, you know? Just for the record, Don Lemon is CNN. <laughs> okay. So, but that's what I'm saying is like, I, there's no way I could do it. So these people get paid to be, to basically have no freaking emotion while they're on camera. That's acting. Yep. And that's also uh, kind of selling your soul. You are putting aside your morals, if you even had any in the first place. But you are just basically an, an empty vessel that's being filled by uh, who you are talking about being you know, the, the, the one percenters, you know, yeah. you are being filled by the richest people to give out a narrative and you're doing it for your livelihood. You are the definition of a sellout. Mm-hmm. So I have no, res- I have no respect for anchors. No. And I really don't. And it's, and it's like I said, man, when I did my interview with, with channel six news, it was, I mean, I, I, this guy asked me, we, we were there for 30 minutes, talked to me. My, my spill was only, 10 minutes while it was on the air and that's just it is is they edit everything they want to edit and i mean i've seen some pretty impressive uh um uh, cut and splices for videos and it can be done you can sell anything you want to with today's technology and the amount of media and the problem is is media being public enemy number one people don't see that they really don't and that's why they're so quick to believe everything that they see or they watch the news oh did you hear this happen i'm like i didn't hear about that you know and that's like, uh, honestly, so like when I, when I texted you that night that, uh, the shooting happened at the garlic festival, like you hadn't even heard about it at that point, Mm-mm. you know? And that's one of those things is that's where social media actually kind of benefited us because I was like, cause it popped up on, uh, one of the news outlets was sharing it. And so I started watching it and reading about it and, and stuff like that. And then I messaged you about it and that's where media has maybe not be public enemy number one, but has benefited us to a certain extent. But that, but, but 90% of what they do is fake. Right. And how can you report the news and tell the people what's going on in their own country or around the world and be fake at the same time? Right. But again, you know, even the, the Garlic Festival shooting, that was a shooting and uh, what was it, like four people died, including the shooter? Yes, I believe so. I mean, and, and honestly, as, as tragic as that is for the families that were involved, you know, honestly, here in Fremont, Nebraska, I just, I don't care. About, yep. I mean, that's like a shooting going on in Chicago where more than four people were killed. I mean, honestly, which why do I need to know about that? Which happens all the time in Chicago, Detroit, gang shootings. Gang shootings more than, there's so many people that die in gang shootings. But because they're a gang, it doesn't hold the same amount of um, mm-hmm. uh, importance as like a mass shooting. I get it. It's not normal for that to happen, but... Shootings like that happen all the time in big cities. It's just an, another example of selective outrage. And this is why I choose not to 
put my emotions into you know social uh, justice causes or mm-hmm. these big uh, political moves to you know um, really like the, the common sense gun laws. Yeah. I don't buy into it because a lot of this crap is just selective outrage. If you really cared about shootings, well, let's start with the gang shootings. Yep. But no, that's scary because you know that those guys will shoot back, and you know that that's going to be hard to deal with. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that either. Um, a lot of those, a lot of people, uh, and we're not going to get into the whole gang thing, but people need to understand that those that those people are people too, and most of those people are in that position because they come from somewhere with nothing, and they have nothing. So what do they do? They 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 latch onto the first person that's willing to give them something. Well, we can argue that a lot of it's media as well, because you know I I've made that argument when it, and I've talked to gang members when I was working in corrections. A lot of them gave me that excuse that. Well, there was just uh, that was that's what I did because that's what I had to do, and you know I, I even asked them the questions like, "What about everybody else that grew up on that side of town who aren't gang members?" I would guarantee most people who are from your neighborhood are not gang members. You chose to be in a gang. Mm-hmm. You fell into the peer pressure, but a lot of these guys also listen to rap music. They also, you know, probably had a social media account. If they if they had one, then yeah, they were being influenced. You know that this this is yep. what young men do. Yep. This is how you're a man. And so, yeah, why wouldn't you fall into that? Like, so, I, I get it. And so media goes back into, again, creating, you know, this 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 persona that, that people want to be. And, yeah, and we could even say things like music, television, have, have glorified certain things in life that aren't necessarily the, uh, the best things. So, for instance, um, Sergeant Major of the Army Daily who was recently um, uh, assigned to another another position. But when he was in the Army, he, he did a study, and um, he said that within 10 years, less than, I think it was like less than 12% of high school students will be able, will be enlistable for the military. Why well, is that? And, well, first of all, let's, let's, let me put this number into perspective. Look up for me, Josh, real quick. What is the population of the United States of America? Okay. Population of the United States as of 2018 is 327.2 million. Okay, less than 1% of the United States population serves. That's not very many people. No, it's not. So, when you when you when you reduce a number by like down to like 12 to 15%, that is huge. And the reason being is because most kids when they're in when they get out of high school have either already been in trouble for drugs or drinking, or are alternatively medicated. It's almost crazy to think that that is such a big number. What does alternatively medicated mean? Is that like uh, psych meds and stuff? Like like uh, ADHD. Um, so they're using Adderall. Uh, anxiety. Stuff. Okay, so they're using basically... Uh, Psychostimulants. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense then. And it's crazy. Well, not, not even that. But they're saying just physically, they won't be able to to, to uh, not just that, but yeah, like like phys- physically, they're not going to be able to perform physically due to the fact that most kids that are coming out of high school um, are hooked on the electronics. They're they're overweight. You know, they don't. They're just they they can't do it. Yeah, that's definitely something that I think is very obvious that that um, this gen this generation. And uh, generations in, in our lifetime have just kind of continuously gotten weaker. Mm-hmm. We've gotten lazy. Like e- even like the, there's been studies about g- grip strength that mm-hmm. like uh, our, our grandfathers when they were our age, 
uh, on average had a better grip strength. You know, maybe not the guys like you and me who actually lift and and work out, but yeah, compared to like maybe uh, one of our other buddies who likes to play video games. Yeah, just on average, they didn't have the same grip, you know, mm -hmm. as what the study claims. And I, I kind of believe it when I look back at old photos of, like, World War II vets and stuff. A lot of those guys were younger than I. Yep. And, yeah, they just they look a lot more raw and a lot more hardcore. And I'm, I'm going to say that, that media is not a, not just the, an influence on that. I'm definitely going to say the food industry as well has has also contributed to that a lot too. Right, but if the media was the friend of the people, they would be they would be the ones that were sounding the trumpets on these things. But yep. they are very silent and they just report to us what they feel is important. But And it's 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 crazy. We did our, our podcast on obesity and fitness and they said that uh in two thousand eighteen the, the obesity rate in the United States was thirty two point two percent, which like we talked about we thought was a little lower than we would than we had thought. Um but they're saying it's going to be higher for 2019, It's only, and they only expect that it's going to uh, increase. And unfortunately, it comes down to, like, I'm not even going to lie, man. Last couple months, I've been so lazy. I get up on the weekends, like, I'll, I'll do dishes or um, uh, I'll do something. And we, uh, I end up just, like, sitting on the couch watching Netflix for three or four hours, man. And that's something I could be doing. I could, I could be doing more productive things with. That's That's a lot of time. It is. You know, so I'm just as guilty as, as a lot of these people, but you know, it, you got you got to have that balance in your life. And again, man, people just don't like a fair fight, like I brought up earlier, yep. and th that comes down to even just the personal stuff. A lot of people just lack discipline. Yep. You know, they they're very you got a lot of sensitive people walking around. It's not just you know, it's it's not just sensitive guys, but you got a lot of sensitive women out there with mm -hmm. big egos. You just got people out there with big egos, but. They really have nothing to be prideful about. Well, we're not we're not going to talk about feminism right now. No, but we but we will talk about yeah, it. And, and you're definitely right. And there's nothing wrong with being prideful, but have something to be pride you know to be prideful about. Have pride and have some something. skills to back it up. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And we know we know a couple females that that could definitely probably work us under the table. Um, and some things, sure. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with admitting stuff like that. No. And but again, just... the the media has made movements like feminism. And movements like uh, even like MGTOW, media's made them look a lot more evil and a lot more radical than they really are. Mm -hmm. Because if you meet individuals from a lot of these movements, you can actually get along with a lot of them. Yeah. But if you just read off, you know, what you're seeing on the internet or social media, it just seems like like they're a bunch of hyenas just snapping their jaws at you, and you can't even talk to them. Exactly. But. I agree with you, Josh. Media is probably public enemy number one. I'm saying media is public enemy number one. It is one of the things that we, as as a society, has uh, we have passively let it take control. We've handcuffed ourselves and handed ourselves over to it. I think it is gonna play a big part in our downfall. I'm saying that right now on this podcast. I 100% agree with you. Well, everybody, that's it. That's all we got time for today. Um, again, you have questions, comments, or just want to share a story. Uh, you can email us at midwestmindmelt.com or at gmail.com. Um, until next time, everybody have a great week. Later. How do we control money? Highlighters. Every Sunday, we go over all our statements and we highlight the hotspots. And that's how we came up with intelligent text alerts that help watch over your money. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply. How do we control money? Highlighters. Every Sunday, we go over all our statements and we highlight the hotspots. And that's how we came up with intelligent text alerts that help watch over your money. 
Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply.